Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thanks for downloading the final Furlong podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy and welcome along to another edition of In Conversation With. And our next guest is one of our favorites and a friend of the podcast. And also, it's fair to say, one of the most popular owners in racing. Welcome back to the show, Graeme Wiley. It's a pleasure to be here, Emmett. Great to get to talk to you again, Graeme. You've been telling me for the last week or so that you've got a big surprise to tell us. I have no idea what this is, and I'm looking forward to hearing what it is. But before we do, I was having a conversation on Twitter last night with a number of racing fans, and we were talking about the greatest horses of all time. And to me, the best two-miler, as we look at the Tinkle Creek this weekend, is always going to be Moscow Flyer. There'll be plenty who'll say Sprinter Sacra, obviously, and he was a stunning horse too. But that then brings you to the Stairs Hurdle. And you're forever going to be associated with Ingalls Drever. And he was the first to win three Stairs Hurdles. I just wondered if you'd take us back to that day. Because the image that I have in my mind is his lass losing her mind. Howard Johnson's lass and being interviewed by Channel 4 and running up and down. And it was just such a great sight. And, and you and, and uh, Andrea embracing as well. And just the excitement that surrounded that. He was a brilliant horse. And that must be a real privilege to be part of Cheltenham history. Um, it is a real privilege. And you know something, Emmett? Um, he was only the third horse I ever bought. So I got some great success very early in my um, horse racing ownership. And I think that's what really spurred me on to, uh, to really love the sport and, and to buy more horses. Um, but I remember Drever, we actually bought him at the sale to run in the Northumberland Plate, which is the race in Newcastle that every person in Newcastle wants to win. And I've tried and failed miserably with seven horses and the best I've come is third last um, but when we when we bought him um, uh, Howard put him over a hurdle and he was electric and says oh we'll not do the plate now we'll go we'll go novice hurdling and he had a great first season and then his second season we actually aimed him at the champion hurdle mm. um, and uh, he ran at Newcastle fighting fifth and he ran in the Beulah and he ran uh, the Axminster hurdle at uh, Wincanton. And then for some reason, I don't know why, it was just um, Howard Johnson's genius, he put him in the stairs hurdle against a horse called Barracuda. Yeah. I think was the, odds on the, the mighty champion, the um, dual winner. Yeah. And and he won. And it was just a shock and a surprise and, and a delight. And we, we actually got a horse of such quality. And uh, and I managed to win, uh, win at Cheltenham. That was, the, that was our third win that week. I'd, I'd won the Supreme with Arcalis, and I'd won the, um, the Rawlinson Alliance with No Refuse. So we had a fantastic week, and uh, you know, all that success. I've been trying to emulate it ever since. And uh, I got close uh, a couple of years ago when I had uh, three winners. Yep. Um, but you know, it's the one thing that an owner always wants to do. He wants to have a horse good enough to get to Cheltenham. And if he's good enough to get in the first four, you're delighted to have a winner. It's just something else. And uh, we've been very lucky, but uh, he was very special. And he won, the, as you say, the World Hurdle three times. Um, and we actually have the trophy at home uh, because Ladbrokes very kindly gave it to me. Fantastic. So, uh, 
Yeah, so that's it's a pride of place in the middle of, uh, of middle of our lounge. Oh, I should think so, and and well deserved as well. He he was a little bit unlucky not to win five times there because he was narrowly beaten in what's now the Neptune, and then of course he missed a season through injury, having yeah. beaten Barracuda, so he couldn't go for back to back. But he was he was well, tough. You know, that's what's so- that was what's so special about this little horse because um, after he won the first uh, world hurdle, um, I think he went to Aintree and he didn't, never liked Aintree, but um, but he got a tendon injury. Now normally when a horse gets a tendon injury, they don't come back yeah. as good as they were, if they come back at all. And he came back a year later and won the world hurdle again. So, you know, he was a tenacious little so and so, a lovely horse to own. You always knew he was consistent. So you always knew you'd go into a race and you'd, and you'd, you'd, you'd be there in the first two or three uh, without fail. Um, and I'd say he was the one that put the passion into the sport for me in, in a big way. Yeah, that that would have cemented your love affair with racing very, very quickly, English Reaver, and he will have brought an awful lot of fans to the sport as well. And by pure coincidence, when I was in touch with you last week about coming on the podcast, you had just arrived in Ireland and you were on your way to Willie Mullins Yard. So yeah. if I can just take you to that, that where you are now in racing, you've become obviously synonymous with success and you've got a huge string but Kulsutton is a special place when you walk into that yard and you know you're going to see the superstars of other owners but you're also going to see your own Bells Hill and other stars and then all the young prospects who are coming through what's that feeling like? Um, Well you know it's part of the sport isn't it and I love talking to Willie and talking to the stable lads and the jockeys about their ambitions for each each of my horses um, but yeah, you're right, walking in there, I mean, they are magnificent beasts, by the way, especially close up. Um, and to see them on the gallops, to see them being trained and getting ready to, 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 to go out, the mist on the, on the hills is fantastic. But, but to be honest, it, the, the, the exciting thing is, is just talking to Willie and the lads about what their plans are for each of my horses and then thinking, oh, well, that'd be nice to, to see if they actually do achieve that. Um, and and I, I, always, I always enjoy doing that at Howard Johnson as well, you know, going there on a, on a Thursday morning, having breakfast and, and watching the, ho- the horse on the gallop. So it was, just, it, was, it was just as special as actually going to the race course itself. And you are very much someone who is happy to take the lead from Willie because plenty of owners would like to have their say and say, no, 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 I want to do this. But you're very much of the view, Willie Mullins is the trainer, he decides. Well, the truth is, Emmett, I don't see the horses very often. I see them once or twice a year in the yard. I see them at the race course in the parade ring. How, how, how can I tell uh, a trainer where to place a horse and how fit he is and who to ride him? Um, because I just, I'm just not there enough to do that. Uh, you know, Willie and the lads, they're, they're, on, they're with the horse every day. They know how the horse is reacting. They know what he's like. Um, they're the experts, and therefore I'm happy for them to say, right, Graham, your horse will running next week at this race meeting, um, and I'll go, that's brilliant, I'll, go, I'll, I'll watch him. But uh, for me to dictate where the horse goes is, is crazy because I don't know enough about them. That is a very honest, very honest answer. Before I get this surprise from you, I have to ask you about a horse who's synonymous with the Final Furlong podcast because we have a listener called Sam yeah. Lee who won a competition to name a race at Kempton. You know the story. The race ended up being split into two novice hurdle divisions, and it was called the Bells Hill Wins All Final Furlong Podcast Novice Hurdle. Um, I think Bells Hill may very well start to live up to that title. He was terrific in the Punchestown Gold Cup. He ran an absolute stormer in the Irish Grand National. How is he, and what's the plan? He's, he's, he's ready to go. We're just waiting for the ground to get a bit softer. Um, 
and uh, I saw him at Willie's uh, uh, last week, and he's looking magnificent. Um, I got a message from Ruby to say that uh, uh, if he's as stronger and as, as fit as he looks, um, then we'll have some fun with him this season. Um, he was he was great in the Punchdown Cold Cup, but that 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 full on on the disappointment of the Irish Grand National, where uh, for all intents and purposes, I actually thought he was going to win that race until he got to the last fence and someone took his eye off the ball and he went sideways and it all went wrong from there. Mm. But he did look he did look like he was uh, he was the winner uh, two furlongs out, and then he, the compensation was the Punchdown Gold Cup, and because of that, um, uh, Willie's going to aim him at the Chelham Gold Cup this year. So. He's in the John Durkin uh, next weekend. I don't think he'll run in that because it's only two miles to four, but you never know. He was looking so good at the at the, um, at the yard. But I think his first race will probably be the Lexus. What uh, was the Lexus, sorry, at, uh, at Leopardstown at Christmas. So we'll see him then over three miles. And while yeah. some people might be thinking, oh, surely he's going to go for the Grand National. It's, it's definitely my view and another member of the team who shall re- remain nameless that he's well up to championship standard. He disappointed at Cheltenham a couple of times, but this is his trip. He's, he's a stayer. And, and yep. given his optimum conditions, he could be a right player. Um, well, well, we'll know more by, uh, after Christmas when it comes up the first time. And, and you're right, it may, maybe Cheltenham is a track that uh, doesn't suit his style. I don't know. Some horses are like that. Mm. Um, but um, he's definitely a three-mile-plus uh, chaser. Um, and uh, I think Willie said he will aim him for the Gold Cup. If he disappoints at Cheltenham, then the Grand National will, I'm sure, have an entry for that, by the way. Um, that might be the, the plan. But uh, as you said earlier in the podcast, um, Willie knows the horse far better than I do, and I'll leave him to, uh, to make a decision as to where he runs. Well, I cannot wait to see him back in action, and the best of luck with Bell Hill for the season. Thank you. What is this surprise before we get the latest on, on the other horses in the yard? I, I can't wait any longer. Okay, the surprise is sitting next to me. It's not a surprise, is it, really? It's a disappointment. <laughs> Have you recognised that voice? Emma, good afternoon, good morning, whatever it is. I phoned up because I'm going to do a lie detector on you live on At The Race. <laughs> is this a stitch-up job? No, no. Talk to Jeremy Carl. How are you? I want to be on your podcast. Yeah, I've been exactly. That's the thing. I'm like, I feel like some heavy is going to walk in here and you're going to produce two envelopes and all of a sudden there's going to be ex-girlfriends. Oh, no. The, the, the interesting thing is, Emma, we've only been talking 30 seconds and you've spilt your guts already, haven't you? I mean, there's obviously a conscience, right? Isn't there? There's a conscience with Emma. <laughs> oh, no. That's the problem. I've just, I've, I've panicked. I've panicked too soon. You sound like you're panicking, pal. You sound like you're panicking. You don't need to. Are you pointing your finger as you say that, looking menacingly on the no. stage? No, it's a nice, relaxing morning. I'm with one of my best friends, and he said, I'm doing this interview, come in with me, because I'm a massive racehorse fan as well. I own 10 horses, and, yeah. and so he said, come and have some fun. Before I get back to Graham, then, Jeremy, where did your love of racing start? My old man worked for the Queen Mother for years, 41 years, and he used to take us to Ascot when we were kids. I just, I've always loved it. I'd, I'd nail my colours to the National Hunt Mars straight away. I think that it's different class, different people, and much much more fun and started I don't know about 10 years ago got a horse of Nick Gifford Josh's son uh, of course they had Alderneti and had a bit of success I, I think I've had 50 winners we were saying the other day um, and uh, I love it it's a real switch off from what I do I've met some incredible people and it's 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 a major major part of the downtime that I don't very often get but I love it absolutely 
when we were working for ITV at Royal Ascot, you were there uh, soaking up the sun in the ITV box. And when I say soaking up the sun, I mean the <clears throat> champagne. But <clears throat> but you very much that prefer... That was fault. That was Dex's fault. But you very much yeah. prefer jumps racing. And, and obviously you're associated with Old Guard and with Black Corton uh, as well. Those yeah. horses have been terrific servants to you and arguably could do more. Listen, if you take Black Corton, two years ago we decided to buy a summer jumper for not a huge amount of money, the three of us. Uh, this was a horse that would get no more than two and a half miles and needed good to firm ground. He started at Newton Abaddon, I don't know, 118. And he won the Cortez Star Novices grade one over three miles on Boxing Day and then tramps them in the Reynolds Town. I mean, the horse won nine out of 11 last year. It was too much at Cheltenham. Um, he came back, ran a massive race in the Charlie Hall, actually probably a career best. They put him up for it. it definitely red. We were giving £13. We lose by £2, the two lengths after a mistake that Brani was extraordinary to stay in the saddle. And, and frankly, the other day, the Hennessy, as was, shouldn't have run. Um, I mean, this is this is a phenomenal horse. He's won £350,000. It's, it's a dream to have had. And Old Guard, the same. Old Guard just... Keeps going. Um, he'll next be in the Bueller, as was the International on Saturday week at Cheltenham. He'll love that hill. Um, he should have probably been closer in the Greatwood, and he ran on up that hill to third, and he did a great job in the Coral, but he was giving, it's the Catfits, he was giving that six six pounds as well. So they both massively exceeded all expectations. So I just love it. And, you know, it's it, Graham and I, we have one together as well, and, 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 it, and it's, a great, it's a great thing to do, Emma, but I love the sport. Absolutely, categorically. And Jeremy, how did that partnership come about with Andy Stewart and, and the Brooks? How did you all team up together? I, I think it, it's, it's weird, isn't it, how you look back and you wonder about things like that. Somebody was asking Graham and I earlier, and we met in the paddock. I, I must have just met Andy at, at some do, probably, and we, we got involved. And as I say, Old Garb was the first one, and then, and then Black Court. And we have, I think we have uh, seven or eight still. Um, and then Graham Brooks is a long-time friend of, of Andy's and, and, and a great friend of mine, and, and, and he and his wife are, are very passionate about it. Um, and uh, yeah, listen, it's we've had some, we've had some 50 winners. I mean, you, I, this man I'm sat next to has had thousands, but it's. I always, you, you said about Royal Ascot, I'm happier at Plumpton on a Sunday having, you know, uh, the shepherd's pie and with my mates and going and seeing more. It, to me, listen, we want to be, we want to be win the big races, don't we? You know. I've, yeah. um, I've got the dreams of the Grand National on the top and with a horse that I've got with Nick Gifford, but that's what we do. We dream all the time, don't we? What, and, um, what's the name of that horse? So um, I bought a horse two years ago called Glen Rocco, two and a half years ago, and, and, and paid quite a bit of money, and he came out of his stable the first morning and did his leg. Oh, the joys oh, of national God. ownership. Uh, two years, and Nick, lovely guy, his wife Ruth has been my PA for, for seven or eight years. And he came out of Shepstone, he was right on it. Leighton Aspel said that this horse is an extraordinary jumper. Ping the first at Shepstone, a horse dived over in front of him, thank you Tom Scudamore, and took his legs out and down he went. So everybody ignored him two weeks ago at Fontwell, Glen Rocco, and he, uh, he won on a tight rein at 14 to 1, and the one that he beat, I can't name it because I can't remember it, came out and tranced its rivals to... Uh, Seven days ago, by twelve lengths, he runs at he runs on Friday at Sandown. We really, this is a Topham horse. This horse is phenomenal. Glen Rocco, there's a tip for you. Okay, Glen Rocco goes into the Atheraces tracker. We're keeping an eye on him. You've also got a son of Oscar called Rearguard. Haha, I see what you've done there, old guard. Uh, bumper horse with Nick Gifford could run at the weekend. 
No, not yet. No, 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 no. We're just going to take a bit of time. Graham's right about the ground. Um, you see what we've done. There. There's a new guard as well. I'm waiting for fire guard, right guard, and every other guard. Mouth guard. <laughs> Honestly, to be honest, it's crap. I'm going to change the name. I'm listening to you say like that. We're done. Um, but yeah, no, listen. Graham and I've got horse. I've got a, a couple with Jed Mason, uh, a couple with Sir Alex Ferguson and Jed Mason. So that's fun as well. So um, it's for me, Emma, it's really simple. I, I, Graham's different because Graham has his horses with himself. It's very rare that you have partnerships. Yeah. If I'm doing it with my mates, I, I don't really care if I own 33% or 100%. If I can be at the nice places and having good days out with my pals and my buddies, fantastic. You know what I mean? And that you keep ha- dreaming, don't you? Absolutely. And that, I mean, Graham's in a great position that he can go to the sales and, and tackle big owners because that's how the game is changing as well. Like National Hunt Racing used to be, the, if, you, if you like, it would be a, almost impossible to own a classic winner on the flat. And it's almost gone full circle that jumps horses are becoming so expensive to buy. Um, and that has led to obviously very successful syndicates, particularly in Ireland with the likes of Brave Inca, but in the UK as well. And it's fascinating when you see Andy Stewart, who is synonymous with big bucks and mighty great horses over the years, and a celebrity like yourself buying together and then enjoying those days out together and the whole experience together. And every time you're in the winner's circle, really, it's, it's you, I've got a really strong I've got a really strong opinion on this. I think I think that. Um, the prices were pushed up immeasurably. Graham would agree with me on this. And, and suddenly, you know, people were paying three, four hundred thousand pounds for horses and they were bringing them home and some of them weren't even making the racetrack. And I think the owners, uh, the trainers, everybody's responsible for pushing that price up. Um, I think everybody, whoever you are, whatever you've got, wants value. And, and I took a decision about two years ago that I'd rather have three at 80 to 100,000 and, and open my chances of winning. But you, you know what I'm saying and, yeah. with, with my boys? And, and some people will think differently. You can talk about, you know, uh, big bucks cost this and Corto Star cost that and English Dream. But at the end of the day, you know, there are all... I mean, look at Black Horton. Black Horton, shit, it's extraordinary, you know, from what he cost to what he achieved. It's phenomenal, you know? So... I think that's what keeps people going. I, I think, you know, like I was watching that Kalashnikov of Amy Murphy's hosed up at Plumpton the other day. I mean, beat mine by 18 lengths, right? Um, I mean, what was that all? 17 grand? I mean, that, that that's the favourite for the Arkle. So yeah. I think that sort of dream keeps people going, Emmett, to be honest. Do you I, agree, Gray? As, yeah. as you mentioned Black Horton, we can't not mention Briony Frost. You already mentioned the fact that she did brilliantly acrobatics to stay on board uh how important has, has she been to black Horton? because that partnership just seems to be it's a it's a dynamic that is just undeniable i think they're great for each other i think here's a girl i think she's exceptionally talented i think she's i think she's got a massive future um i think they both found each other at the right time she got a tune out of him um you could see that uh, in the early days, she would dominate races. They're having to learn to do things slightly differently. But I, I, I think that she's great for racing. I think that the, the Black Court and story and her is is great. But I mean, you know, she'll you, you check the results. She's riding winners every day. She's now riding for David Abathnot. She's riding for Neil King. She had a winner yesterday. Silent Steps at Fakenham, didn't she? Uh, she she's she's a, a very very good jockey, um, and we're delighted to to be. To be part of her, and, and some people have said, "Oh, you're going to keep her on the horse?" Yes, I damn well are. She won a she won a grade one Boxing Day in the Reynolds Down by 12 lengths. She's a phenomenal horsewoman. Yes, I am keeping her on the horse. Uh, 
Absolutely. And that, like, she obviously does have a very bright future. And I think one of the things I really like about her is she's so grounded. You know, she's she's very she's much great for the sport, very sensible. Emma. I think she's yeah. great for the sport. Great for the sport, to be fair. Um, take me back to the Cotto Star novices chase. That obviously means an awful lot to Paul, um, given yeah. how great yeah. he was. No, this is this is you've now asked about the worst day of my life slash the best. My my darling Victoria said, "Listen, all you do is go horse racing, work, and 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 you know that's fine. But my parents, listen." On Boxing Day, you no. have to come to my parents' house, and we're having it. When I can't, unless she went seriously, Jess, listen to me. I never make any demands. I watched my only as yet grade one in the kitchen of my future in-laws on my knees, screaming like a banshee with tears. They've got it on video with tears rolling down my face. And Brooks is through me going, "We've won, we've won!" And I went, "Great!" I'm sat here with a bowl of trifle. I'm not even there. And it was only 11 miles away. But listen, she deserves that, Vic. It was. Uh, it was an amazing thing. The Reynolds Town was a great moment to be there as well. I mean, skipped away from the last at Alaska and did the business. But yeah, that's what you dream of. But I'm sat next to a man who's... How many great ones have you won? Uh, I've lost count. <laughs> <laughs> I, I admire... Well, I like the fact... Duo. I do like the fact that just proves your loyalty that you gave up your grade one winning day on St. Stephen's Day to be with the in-laws. That's dedication. No, it doesn't prove my loyalty. It proves, like most men, that I talk a good fight, but in fact, I'm a complete and utter wuss underneath. <laughs> That's the truth, isn't it? But we all know the truth. Hang on. Yeah. We, I've actually just been presented with the envelope here, Jeremy, and we're going to get the confirmation to the lie detectors on that. And indeed, yes, yes you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I uh, am the father. No, never mind. What, tell us about the horse that you've got with Graham and, and how that partnership came about. Graham? Um... Well, first of all, Emma, welcome to the Jeremy Carl show. I know, I'm sorry, I feel really bad now. <laughs> yeah. um, Join me after the break, we're right back. Uh, it's a horse called Copain de Classe. Um, and he came out this season the first time and he won very easily uh, in, a, in a handicap chase. Uh, he then went to Weatherby um, and didn't do so well, but got a nick in his leg. But uh, we, we think he's, an, he's a nice handicap horse, he's a fun horse, yeah. and... Uh, you know, we'll we'll enjoy going to the races and, and watching them. I don't think he's a Grade One horse, by the way. No, but, um, okay. but he's a fun horse. He's a fun, and he's, he's worth watching because he uh, he's he's had a breathing operation that seems to have uh, you know sparked him into into real life, and uh, we, we think uh, we think he'll win a few more races uh, when he gets back on the track, which I think will be in, early in the new year. And who is he in training with? Paul Nichols. Paul Nichols, right? Because I was going to ask you that because all of your horses are with Willie. Um, so it's it's nice to see you back with Paul because I think that's your first horse back with him since Solar Impulse. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I had a few horses with Paul, but uh, but I didn't get much luck. I think I was an unlucky owner, to be honest. Um, whereas with Willie, Willie's been buying me some nice horses and winning great ones for me. So uh, so I'm, I'm sticking with Willie for the time being. Well, let's find out so about some of the other horses that you've got with Willie. Um, Ballyward won a bumper and a maiden hurdle. Uh, looks as though he'll definitely be a chaser. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, we, we, we eventually found the key to him uh, last season uh, over three miles. Uh, we've been running him at the wrong trip, I think. So uh, he's now going to be a, a three-mile novice chaser this season. Uh, he's fitting well, and uh, I'm hoping to see him out uh, around Christmas time. And I know he's got a couple of entries uh, coming up, so mm. hopefully he'll get declared and we'll, and we'll see how good he is at, uh, at jumping. He's a, an ex-pointer pointer, so he should take the fences very well and uh, he's got the stamina on his side, so uh, he could be an exciting horse for me this season. 
Okay, we're definitely make, making a note of him. The horse that I will be forever associated with for all the wrong reasons, because I kept backing him for the wrong races at Cheltenham. Black Hercules. Looks like he's back. Uh, how is he since January 2017? He's, he's had, a, had a, his fair share of problems. He has, hasn't he? Um, his last race was uh, the JLT at Cheltenham, which he won. Um, I think it was uh, Ruby's 50th win yes. at Cheltenham. Um, and I'm hoping that that's not, he's not, that's not what he's famous for. I'm hoping he goes on and, and, and comes back and has the same qualities that he had back then. Uh, he has had quite a few setbacks. Niggly things, to be honest, nothing serious. Uh, he just, he'd step out lame one morning, he'd be fine the next morning. Um, but I was down at Willie's, as I said, last week, and he was, he was on the gallops, and he was doing fast work, and he's looking magnificent. So um, we'll see. He'll, he'll be out again, again, probably over the Christmas, January time. Um, I wouldn't do anything other than watch him the first time out, because you never know after three, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope, I'm hoping he does an Ingalls Driver and comes back as a, as a winning horse. Be something else. Intermediate trips for him, Ryanair? I think it's a two and a half mile horse, yes. But again, because he's been out for so long, we just don't know. He's, he looks strong. He looks healthy. Uh, he might step up to three. You never know. I hope he retains his ability because he is a very exciting horse. I'm going to make a mess of this pronunciation, which will probably cue epic laughter from Jeremy Kyle. Calais de Mesnil? Cali. Cali. Cali de Mesnil, yeah. So, French was lovely mare. Mm. Um, she, she won at Galway, novice hurdle. Um, next two races, um, uh, Willie put in with the boys, um, and she she didn't disappoint. She was second and third, um, and I think she could be a nice mare's novice hurdle horse. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that she stays uh, to mare's only races, but it's, it's Willie's got an array of horses there, and uh, and uh, she's she's certainly up there with the best of them. So you might see her in with the boys again, but. Um, She's certainly a fairly exciting prospect. She, she jumps well, and uh, she's got some engine as well. A horse who I had very high hopes for, and actually he was quite unlucky at Punchestown. He was going really well in the, the um, three-miler and the grade one. Invitation only. Yeah. Yeah, he's back. Um, he'll be out soon as well. They're all, they're all to those, Emma, we're just waiting for the rain to come and the soft ground to come, and uh, you'll see quite a lot of them coming out. But uh, uh, he's, he's a, a fantastic jumper. Um, and again, uh, getting older, so will he, will he stay the longer trip? We don't know. He'll, he'll be out two and a half miles to start with, and we'll just see what the jockey says when he, when he takes him around. And uh, he will either stick to two and a half miles or we might, might uh, move up to three. You, you never know. Well, I'm not too far away from William Mullins' yard, and it's a monsoon here today, so we're getting the rain. Slowly but surely, we're getting it. Uh, the I'm old one of the few people on the rain. <laughs> the old boy, Shane Till. Uh, uh, yes, and he is an old boy, you're quite right. Um, he, he needed the run on uh, Sunday. Um, you know, um, the tactics were to go out uh, fast to try and uh, get Apple's jade. Um, beaten, but uh, they went too fast to start with for him, and uh, and he blew up halfway round and just needed the run. So I'm hoping, you know, he'll 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 stick to these three mile uh, hurdles now. I think, and uh, hopefully he'll pick up enough prize money to, co to cover his costs. And uh, but he's, he's been a great servant to him. He's, he's done very well for me. Okay, you've got a young horse called Stay Humble. Uh, conditions would have been against yeah. him the last day, I, I would have thought, but he should do okay in staying novice hurdles. Uh, Emmett, he's crying out for three miles. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think the next time you see him, it will be at three miles. 
and uh, um, I had high hopes for him as a as a as a bumper horse last season, but he disappointed. Um, I think you don't see the best of him until he goes over a fence because he's a huge horse. Um, but he's he definitely needs a trip. All right, the versatile up for review. Same as invitation only, you know, <clears throat> and a great jumper. Um, uh, has has a nice high uh, cruising speed and. Uh, He's he's he actually worked with Invitation Only on the gallops uh, last week, last Tuesday, and as I say, we're just waiting for this for this monsoon to to arrive, and uh, and you'll see him out as well. And uh, he's definitely a staying chaser oh, uh, it, going forward. It's here. I am drenched, absolutely drenched. That monsoon has arrived. Uh, you've got a six-year-old gelding, Von de Tom. He was a, a bumper winner at Ballon Row back in May. Yep. Uh, novice chasing this season. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him out. Uh, he's a French horse, so uh, hopefully he jumps well. And uh, as I say, w- once they come out for the first time of the season, we then start making plans as to whether they they uh, they go two and a half miles or three miles. Void de Rev was a horse that we always had high hopes for, and I remember talking to you about him possibly being a a very good handicap hurdler. He's looked really, really sure-footed in his in his chases so far. You know, it's been a, it's been a revelation and a huge surprise because um, when he got well beat in his last uh, handicap hurdle, I said to Willie, I said, "What do we do with him now? Because uh, he's not Grade One material, uh, he's not a champion hurdle horse, he's too high in the handicaps." And Willie says, "Well, all we can do really is just take him over a fence." Um, and uh, he went first time out um, at uh, Punchestown, sorry, uh, somewhere else. And uh, he jumped fantastic. Paul Tanner was so surprised with it because uh, he's only a small horse. Mm. We then jumped to Punchestown uh, for the, uh, the the Grade Three, and uh, he he was again very impressive. Uh, and and being a small horse, those Punchestown fences are, are are like mountains to him. But he's aggressive and he's and he's, he's fearless. And uh, again, Paul was was delighted with him. And I think he put up quite a fast time as well. Uh, if you if you actually look in your record and look at the time. It was quite impressive, even though it was good ground. So um, we weren't expecting him to be a, you know, a graded uh, novice chaser over two miles, but he's turned out to be possibly uh, a good thing. So I think next time you see him will be the racing post novice chaser Leopardstown at Christmas. And uh, that's a grade one. And if he runs a big race there, then uh, he might be one of mine that goes to Cheltenham. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll know more after, after the, uh, the greatest race at uh, Leopardstown. Well, after what he did the last day, he definitely deserves to take his chance in, in Grade One Novice Company, and I hope he can live up to that for you. That's shaping up to be a cracking race as well with Mengli Khan in there and Lorichberg too. Uh, Jeremy, are you still there? I am indeed, my friend. Good, because I need your help on this one. Oh God! How do you solve a problem like York Hill? It's very simple right now. I've changed my voice. <laughs> um. I- Unfortunately, he's injured. Oh, no. He's, yeah. out, he's out for the season. Oh, that's a blow. Um, because he promised the world, like he was such a brilliant novice hurdler, a brilliant novice chaser. I was going to suggest that, that Jeremy's team do a little bit of psychology on him, try and motivate him, get him back to his best. But unfortunately, he's picked up the injury. What, what is the injury? How serious is it? Uh, it's not too. It's not career-threatening, but he has injured his check ligament uh, behind his knee on his uh, near fore. 
Um, so he's out for the season, just needs rest, um, and he'll we'll, we'll, we'll take it from there. You know, we were going to keep him going chasing. Uh, that's what I, I can tell you that, but uh, unfortunately he's picked up this injury and uh, he'll be out for the until next season. You said something this morning though, which I think is quite interesting. I, I don't think enough people ever contemplate this. Sometimes sources, don't they, Emma? Graham would agree. I hope they get moved around. They have a couple of bad results, and it can get to them. And maybe York Hill, actually, with this injury, can take a couple of sets back and get and get injury free and get his brain cleared. Because I think he's an extraordinarily talented horse. I just think it's a bit a bit of a fuck for him at the moment in his head. Yeah. So, so it might be a blessing in disguise to yeah. get this time to to sort himself out. Um, he was going well at uh, at home, and then I say he just picked up his injury. So, uh, so unfortunately, that might be him for the season. But uh, hopefully, he'll. Uh, He'll uh, recover well, and uh, we'll get back to York Hill that we all know and love. Well, he's a real character, and I think that's an interesting point that Jeremy just made there as well, because horses might be tough on the exterior, but some of them can be very fragile mentally. And I remember Aidan O'Brien talking about the fact that when Hawkwing was beaten in the 2000 Guineas, they had to treat him like he'd won the race, because that's the you know he would have got low in himself if everything was about Rocket Gibraltar, and there was not, so they treated him like he'd won. So they, they had ident- identified a, a fragile mentality there. Hopefully, a, a rest for York Hill will, will see him be able to fulfill his potential and, uh, and get back to what he was, because an absolute superstar. Um, he was. When I, saw, uh, I mean, when I saw him last week, he was in his box, and he had his ears back, and he looked really miserable. Oh. And I said to um, Willie, I said, oh, I said look, he's, he's obviously you know, hurting, and uh, he's, he's sad. And he said, no, no, Greg. He said, he thinks he's going to cook for his dinner. <laughs> Oh, I love horses. That's how much I know about horses. I love horses. They can make fools of all of us. Um, Mary Devier. She's gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Both her and Augusta Kate were sold at the uh, the, the sales about a month ago. Yeah, so So I knew Augusta Kate went. Yeah, no, she went as well. So um, I think she's going to be a broodmare somewhere. Okay. Was it a, a tough decision? Because you, you were telling me uh, the last time you were on the podcast that you were going to step back from the breeding side of things. And obviously, Augusta Kate gave yourself and Lee Westwood yeah. and Alan Shearer and Anton Deck some fantastic days. But it's a difficult game to be a national hunt breeder. You're, you're better off to just be able to identify them or have Willie tell you, look, I've got one for you. And it's, it's a much less, yeah. less stressful life. Well, the, the truth is, Emma, is that you know um, you have to wait five years yeah. from when the, the foal is born to actually see it on a racetrack. Especially with um, feathered ladies' uh, foals, they took a long time to uh, to mature. Uh, I've got one now. Um, in fact, I've got it with Jeremy uh, called Amen Corner, and uh, you know he's he's nearly six and he hasn't seen the race course yet. Um, and we're hoping to see him probably back end of the season because it looks like he wants the better ground and he's only just got himself fit so this soft rain for him is no good so but that, that that's a long time to wait to see your horse so I'd much rather nowadays just um, just let the experts breed the horses and I'll just go and buy one that's ready made and he's the brother to Augusta Cape out of Feathered Lady who you purchased full brother full brother so Jeremy you've got a horse in training with the mighty Willie Mullins I do, and and of course the 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 are you a golfer, Emmett? Yes, a bad one. Well, yeah, no, well we all that, but so so that's another passion that we share. So we've been to the Masters for the last couple of years, and um, 
so yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the syndicate with now with with Anton Deck and a, a big Al Tura and um, Graham and um, Lee. Um, and yeah, it's very exciting. And Amen Corner, you'll know why we called it Amen mm-hmm. Corner, won't you, Emmett? Yes, Augusta. What, why is that? Why is that? One of the why holes at Augusta. What are the holes of Amen Corner? Oh God. Um, Honestly, the sky, the sky. Ca- knows about his horses. Is it? Is it nine, ten, eleven? No, you're out. Get out your sack. Uh, Twelve. <laughs> Damn it! 13, Damn it! 11, 12, 13. Honestly, I can't believe that. Oh, no I was close. Um, I was but close. No, really excited to have a horse with the, the, with, with, with the mighty Willie Mullins. I mean, what a phenomenal trainer. What a, an incredibly nice guy. And what an operation. So, yeah, no excited about that, as are the boys, really. Jeremy, have you been um, racing in all... Ireland? Now, do you know what? This is how I knew he was going to ask me this. Absolutely once or twice flat, sadly, but never jumping. And I'm desperate. I will, I will be coming. You know, it's like crazy, but I, I'm desperate to come to the Punches Town or Festival at some point. So I will get that done, I promise. If you can make it to the, and I know that your schedule is pretty hectic, but if you can make it to the Dublin Racing Festival, if it's half as good as it was last year, you'll have a fantastic weekend. And Graham, um, I, I got to meet that weekend as well and was in, was in flying form. So get over for that it's it's fantastic uh, and the last horse then that i'm going to ask you about graham sort of relates to jeremy as well face the facts i'm wondering is he yeah, named is he named after jeremy you've got to face the facts uh, um, he, he's he not of course because he was bred by george strawbridge you purchased him out of john Gosden's yard last year how is he yep he's fine he's ready to rock and roll um we decided not to run him as a three-stroke four-year-old in the Triumph. That was what we aimed at. We just had to wait a year, let him mature a bit, uh, get used to his surroundings. And uh, he'll be coming out in a, in a two-mile novice hurdle sometime soon. And once he's out and once he runs, then we'll know what to do with him. Um, but he's, he's a, a dual-purpose horse because he's obviously off the flat. So you might, I might be able to see him in two-mile races uh, on the flat like the Northumberland plate. I was going to ask you, could he end up being a, a long-term target for the beloved Newcastle race that you were desperate to win? So that kind well, of answers well, itself. We'll see, we'll see. But, you know, as I say, I'm trying to do better than third last. So <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that race is one that I'm just uh, you know, not meant to, 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 uh, to win. But I'd love to have another go at it. And uh, he, could be, he could be my contender. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited about seeing him coming out novice hurdling first. Um, I'm told that he jumps well uh, and he's got an engine and so we'll see how he gets on. Well, we've seen Easy Game and Quick Grab him pick up graded races over the last few weeks so if he can be in their league he'll be very, very good for you. Uh, is there anything else in the Willie Mullins yard that I haven't mentioned that we can look forward to? Uh, there's one more, um, a horse called Clinton Hill. Yeah. For some reason people send, send me horses with the name Hill on them. Um, but uh, he he's uh, going, going to go novice hurdling this season. He's a nice little bumper horse. Uh, we we did uh, expect uh, him to, to climb to good heights. Um, we'll see him out again next uh, six to eight weeks and uh, watch him first time out. And uh, if he's impressive, then that's great. And we'll take it from there. All right. I'm going to ask for a final Furlong podcast. Lucky 15 for Cheltenham. So, Graham. The horse that you are most looking forward to turning up in your colours at the Cheltenham Festival is? Bells Hill. Lovely. Right, that's the Gold Cup sorted, which means, Jeremy, you cannot go for Black Horton in the Gold Cup. So I need three horses from you, Jeremy, 
that you think are going to win at this season's Cheltenham Festival? Kalashnikov and the Arkle. Okay. Uvredair and the Champion Hurdle. Looks machine. You left me the hard one again, haven't you? <laughs> um, God, the stresses I have. What do you reckon? Uh, listen, um, ugh, the stayers. I mean, it, it, ugh, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, uh, I can only give you two. It should be two each. Why is it three one? I'm put- I'll tell you what, the lucky 15, you add one, Emmett. Go on. Oh, dear. Oh, I wasn't... I've done two. Layla, I've done, I've done uh, Kalashnikov, Boubidet. He's done Bells Hill. Um, oh, oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the horse. I, you know, he's not... It's, it's got to be Cheltenham. It can't be the King George. I'll give you oh, it can be King the King George, George yeah. An anti-post lucky 15. We'll go over that, yeah. Politolog. Great shout. Great shout. And what that's a... Quite a for, that's quite a good bet, that for. We should do that for charity. I quite like that idea. Bells Hill, uh, Kalashnikov, that looks just mighty for Amy Murphy and um, Bouvredair that beat Sam Crow easily the other day in the fighting fifth. I will turn it into a lucky 31, and I'll say that the cross-country will be won once again by Tiger Roll. And he's 5-2, to 3-1, to one, so that's, that's reasonable enough. Jeremy, what are you most looking forward to seeing over Christmas, aside from your own show on ITV? Um, and obviously at the races and you. Um, Good man. Uh, what am I looking forward to? My children's faces when they open up the Christmas <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, What am I most looking forward to? Um... I'm looking forward to the King George. I think it'll be a great race. Um, I, I think that'll be phenomenal. Um, but I love, listen, I love, I love all the racing. Uh, you know, Sizing Tennessee did a great r- job the other day in the, in the, the Labrador Trophy. He's going to pitch up at the Coral Welsh National. Uh, racing's part, part of Christmas for us. Fantastic. So, although last year, obviously, going to the in-laws for a barber for a buffet was far more important than seeing my only great one winner ever. Um, and we'll be watching and yeah. drinking not very much. Please don't make that mistake again, although you should have stocked up massive amounts of brownie points that you can continue to cash in for years to come. Uh, She's just walked in, and I'm going to just say, did you hear what this man said to you? Because I came to your parents and did that, I've lots of brownie points, yeah? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so you get maybe. It. maybe. Oh, she's playing hardball. Oh, you are, yeah. being, you are being pressured there. Graeme, of all the horses that we could see over Christmas, who is your festive cracker? Who are you most looking forward to seeing in your colours? Um, I think it's one of two. Uh, uh, I want to see if Wider Rev is good enough to go in a grade one company, and I want to see how good Face the Facts is on a novice hurdle. Um, they're the two that I want to see out. Uh, and I'd love to see how well Black Hercules does coming back from an injury. There's three. And I really think that Face the Facts could be very, very interesting. I wish you all the best with him. And of course, in Foydorev and all the horses. It's an absolute pleasure. I did. I had absolutely no clue that the surprise. You told me last week, I've got a surprise for you on the podcast. Little did I think it was going to be Mr. DNA test, Mr. Lie detector, (laughs) king of daytime TV, Jeremy Kyle. (laughs) Jeremy. You played that yes, well because I was ta- I was talking for a while to Graham and you didn't say a word. So well done, um, pleasure the talking to you. The thing is, I'm sat in a room. I'm sat in a room with Graham Wiley. This is absolutely true, right? And if I tell you, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm a little bet with you, right? Tell me two things that I'm looking at right now. You are looking at the Stairs Hurdle Trophy and your lovely wife. 
No, I'm looking at a stuffed uh, flamingo with a bulb in its beak, and I'm looking at a picture of a naked ru- uh, ruby wash from the chest up. So it's a really bizarre place to be set. It's absolutely true. There's a half-naked ruby in a stuffed flamingo, and it's... Oh, hold on. Two magpies and an old owl. And that is absolutely true. Oh, and a penguin. It's weird, but we're here. Is this the Playboy Mansion you're in? No, no, we're actually at the zoo. No, we're not. Anyway, there we go. Emmett, we're in my office. That's an interesting decor for your office, Craig. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my, it's all my wife's choice. She loves all this sort of stuff. Brilliant. Brilliant. Fa- Andrea, you, Emma, you've have got interesting, interesting choice. The very same to you, Jeremy. Thanks very much for your time and for joining us. And Graham, you're a good man. Uh, looking forward to talking to you again. I wish you all the very best for Christmas to both Great. of you. We'll chat to you again soon on the Final Forlorn Podcast. Thanks, lads. Take, Take care. care. Take Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I, I told you, I didn't I? Pleasure, Emma. A good surprise for you. The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18+. plus. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app, yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.